Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today yesterday was the trade deadline so we'll break down what happened it wasn't a lot but we'll talk about it there were some signings there's some hype building josh mcdaniels got fired so we'll talk about what that means and plenty plenty more on this morning's wake and take so why don't we sit back relax Sip our coffee and enjoy the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. Glad to see you here in the chat. Glad to see you there on Instagram. Hope you're all having a good morning, a nice Wednesday morning. Recovering from Halloween last night. Perhaps you went trick-or-treating with the kids. Perhaps you went to a party. Perhaps you stayed at home. But either way, it is now November 1st. The year has flown by. We've got a couple more months of regular season football. Yesterday was the trade deadline. What a day. What a time to be alive. And what a day to talk about Talk about some football. Let's talk about some football. And we'll start things off as Monday we talk about what happened on Sunday. And as yesterday was trade deadline day, I haven't been able to cover a lot of news recently. So we'll actually go back in time a little bit and discuss this Leonard Fournette signing just a tad. The the Buffalo Bills did sign Leonard Fournette. Currently, he's just on the practice squad. Not quite sure when he'll be elevated, but He assuredly will be elevated at some point. What does this mean for the rest of the Buffalo Bills running backs? If anything, if anything, it's more of a bad sign for Latavius Murray, for for Damian Harris, if he is to even return this season from his hospitalization. And it might, and I'm a little bit worried as a James Cook owner, affect James Cook usage as well. As we know with Leonard Fournette, he is an all-purpose running back. And yes, he is older, but last year he still had over 1,200 yards and then had a career-high 523 receiving yards with six touchdowns. He was good last season, at least in terms of production. And so I am a little bit concerned as a James Cook owner that Leonard Fournette will eat into his usage just a little bit. It's definitely possible that Leonard Fournette locks down at least the third down running back role, and that would be an issue. They were already losing the uh, in between the 20s uh, is going to James Cook, but then everything else, right, the short yardage, the goal line carries, that's probably going to Mr. Lenny right here. So James Cook losing some of his ceiling, probably losing some receiving production for Mr. Leonard Fournette. But at the very least, I do think that it'll take like, you know, a couple weeks for Leonard Fournette to get settled in before he starts doing that. And also at the very least, James Cook will still be a good fantasy football asset. So so don't panic too much, but he definitely has lost some ceiling. The next big signing, <laughs> signing, 
uh, and it's not really that big, uh, is Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake is going to the Browns. And this comes after, of course, Jerome Ford plays through a high ankle sprain. Pierre Strong does fine. They've already brought in Kareem Hunt. And yesterday they were in the talks of trading for a running back. They ended up just signing one, and his name is Kenyon Drake. The big takeaway here is that Kenyon Drake is trying his damnedest not to leave the league, but I really don't think there's much relevancy here. If Kenyon Drake sees the field at all, it would probably be after an injury. But if it's not after an injury, it's probably just after, I don't know, like two, three carries at most, uh, maybe a couple receptions at most, but I don't see much being here. He's going to be the fourth running back in the pecking order. Uh, not much to say here, really. I, I don't I don't expect much relevancy here coming from Mr. Kenyon Drake. That, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. He's been bounced around all year now, going from team to team to team to team to team. The Browns aren't the team that's going to unlock him. Uh, but, you know, if someone gets injured, he might become relevant. If anything, it's just a committee thing. But I think he's more so a body in case another injury ha happens. But for now, I think think things will be fine, and Kenyon Drake is not a threat to anyone. Um, let's see. Let's move on to some trades that happened yesterday in the trade deadline. The biggest one, I would probably say, is Donovan Peoples-Jones. We're only going to talk about the fantasy-relevant ones. No, no sense talking about these defensive trades. We're a fantasy football show at the end of the day. Donovan Peoples-Jones was traded for a sixth-round pick to the Detroit Lions. And there's a lot to break down here. As you guys know, I'm a Jamison Williams truther. So I'll go ahead and get out in front of it. Am I worried about Donovan Peoples-Jones' arrival in Detroit affecting Jamison Williams? Yes and no. I don't think that this is a uh, really anything to do with Jamison Williams. I genuinely do just believe the Lions wanted another wide receiver. Josh Reynolds hasn't been playing that well. Khalif Raymond hasn't been playing that well after a, after a pretty decent start to the season. And then, of course, Marvin Jones, we saw him step away from the team uh, two weeks ago, or that might have just been last week. So they just needed one more person in the room. However, Donovan Peoples-Jones is pretty good. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones. As you guys know, I am a Michigan fan, so I'll always be a little bit biased towards the Michigan players. But still, last year, while only averaging 3.6 receptions per game, Donovan Peoples-Jones did average 9.8 points per game, which is really, really good production off of some pretty minimal work. I remember last year, I was just throwing him into my flex. He never really had too much ceiling, but he was getting me those 10 points, and I was really never that upset with him. I also was doing that in a league where I got some special teams points. So, you know, he was he was a good little asset last year, and this year has for some reason fell off, really with the rest of the Cleveland Browns passing attack. So I am excited for some rejuvenation for Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's already had a few hundred-yard games in his career. Had one last year where he had 12 targets, took eight of those for 114 yards. He's a good wide receiver. And so I do think he will, I would say probably number four in this passing attack, maybe 3B. We're going to go, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Sam Laporta based on how he's playing. And then I'm still going to assume Jamison Williams is number three with Donovan Peoples-Jones right behind him as the fourth person in this passing attack. But it could be a 3A, 3B situation with Jamison Williams. Uh, but overall, I think most of Donovan Peoples-Jones' usage is going to come from Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. Josh Reynolds, for example, has the last few weeks been getting about five targets, three to six targets since week four, three targets last week, three targets the week before that, five targets the week before that, and six before that. 
not doing too much with it outside of week five. He did have 76 yards at a touchdown. Uh, and Khalif Raymond, he's also averaging about three targets a game. So if we can get Donovan Peoples-Jones up to four to five targets a game, we're going to be talking about a pretty good asset. Like I said, last year on the Browns, with only 3.6 receptions per game, he was averaging 9.8 points per game. So if he can get about the same, you know, three and a half receptions a game, three to four here and there sprinkled in, he should be getting, you know, eight to 12 fantasy points. I mean, this is a really, really good offense. And so I'm actually sending out some some offers for Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think you could probably get this dude for a third round pick right now. He was dropped in a lot of leagues as well, more redraft focused. You could probably go pick him up and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. They are on a bye this week, which helps. Right. That's going to give him a week to learn the playbook and then come out in his debut in two weeks. That also helps just in terms of a fantasy football buying window. Right. Uh, with this move, yes, there's going to be a little bit of a hype, but no one's going to be able to start him yet because he's on a buy and they're going to be waiting two weeks to do anything. So I'm sure people are actually taking this opportunity to clear a roster space and move on from a guy that they were probably disappointed with all season. And then just real quick, what does this mean for Jamison Williams? I do think that. This doesn't really affect him. I, I really like it affects him, but it doesn't at the same time. If you look at the profiles, I mean, yes, Donovan Peoples-Jones was a bit of a field stretcher in Cleveland, but he's not anywhere near the same degree of a field stretcher that Jamison Williams can be. We see a 43940 from JMO, and that was on an injured pro day, whereas uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is near 4-5. Yeah, the speed score is up there, but it's just it. Jamison Williams will still have his role. I would say maybe two less targets a game, maybe. But I still think that you shouldn't panic on Jamison Williams. I really do. He's only had 10 games on the Lions. He's going to you know, continue to be ramped up, eventually break out. And he's a ceiling player. And I don't think that Donovan Peoples-Jones affects his ceiling at all. Jamison Williams should still be able to get those long passes, those explosive plays that we haven't really seen yet. But we will see at some point, like I said, I believe that Don, most of DPJ's usage is going to come from Raymond and Reynolds. And Jamison Williams is more or less going to be the same type of receiver. Uh, maybe a limited, maybe a lesser floor, but we've already seen a really bad floor. So it's not even that big of a deal. I'm definitely using this opportunity to buy Jamison Williams. This has got to be at this point, this is probably rock bottom of Jamison Williams market. He's fallen a ton. They've just brought in another wide receiver who profiles similarly, but not quite the same. Uh, and, you know, he's been disappointing, dropping lots of balls and everything. So I think that you could actually acquire Jamison Williams for a pretty decent price. Now, if you can get him for a second, I think you've got to do it. But I think you honestly might be able to get him for less right now. It is it is a tough market for JMO owners. Another trade that happened was Joshua Dobbs sent to the Vikings. This was the only one we discussed on yesterday's show that I felt could happen. It was a very, very quiet trade deadline. The Donovan Peoples-Jones came out of nowhere, for example. Um, we didn't even talk about the Lions in the wide receiver market or the Browns looking to move a wide receiver. So I thought that was just an interesting trade in general. But we did break down Josh Dobbs being traded to the Vikings. This was one that we called and understood and expected to happen. Josh Dobbs was accompanied with a seventh round pick to the Vikings for a sixth round pick. Real quick about the package, I'm very surprised that it that they had to add a seventh. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that the Vikings didn't just send a sixth and be done with it, but you know it is what it is. Joshua Dobbs will not be starting this week, though. They are starting Jaron Hall against the Falcons as, you know, as a quarterback. 
it's not as simple as just going to a team and playing like a running back can do. Like a running back can sign on a team within a week and go play, right? They're just running the ball. They might not know the full book, the full playbook yet, but they definitely still know the assignments of what a running back needs to do. Wide receivers also, usually they don't get a full route tree when they join the team, but still they're able to go out there and play for a quarterback. It's going to be a lot more difficult. And especially with an offense that is as I'm assuming difficult to learn as the Vikings, given that Kevin O'Connell has had a pretty advanced scheme since he's arrived in Minnesota. It's probably going to take Josh Jobs at least a week or two to learn this playbook and be able to start. So, you know, you might be able to trade for Dobbs right now, but who knows also. I mean, Jaron Hall could go out and beat the Falcons this week, and then they might not even want to use Josh Dobbs. They might still roll with Jaron Hall. So I think while Josh Dobbs is gaining all the hype, you could also send out some really cheap offers for Jaron Hall and stash him and stash Jaron Hall to see what happens. I don't see why you wouldn't. I do also want to say... With this move, I think it really does leave the door open for Kirk Cousins to get re-signed in Minnesota. I think that with this injury, he's not going to uh, garner much attention on the trade market. It's also going to be able to make him cheaper to return. And, you know, he's just such a big part of the Minnesota Vikings just community in general. Great locker room presence, but also just a great guy around the community. So I think Kirk Cousins stays in Minnesota, A, because of this injury, and B, because they didn't really give up much for this replacement. It seems to be very short-term rest of season to see what the Vikings can do uh, up until the playoffs, if they can make a push even in general. And I did just want to give a quick shout-out to Kirk Cousins, as yesterday the Vikings did have a Halloween party, if you will, a little trick-or-treat event, and uh, Kirk Cousins showed up after his surgery, showed up, still went there signing autographs, meeting with the fans, and that just deserves a round of applause. That just deserves a round of applause. Kirk Cousins, great guy, great player, great athlete, hoping he can stay in Minnesota, clearly a good guy for the organization, um, and wish him the best of luck in his recovery. Next up, Josh McDaniels was fired along with the Raiders general manager, Dave Ziegler. Um, good It's really all I could say about it. Good. Josh McDaniels was clearly sucking his time in Oakland or Jesus. Wow. His time in Vegas will come to a close with a nine and 16 record all time. He's like uh, a losing record in Denver as well. Just a bad head coach, just a bad head coach. And unfortunately for Vegas, they actually still owe Josh McDaniels money for the next four years. They signed him to a six year guaranteed contract. So they still have four full years left to pay him. They are obligated to do it. So we actually, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm walking away. I just got fired. Uh, there, I've been replaced at my old coordinator job by Bill O'Brien. I've got four years left on a contract that I don't even have to work for. I'm moving to Turks and Caicos, baby. I am not, <laughs> not coaching anymore if I'm Josh McDaniels. It's done. Uh, but we'll see what happens with him. We will. I assume, if anything, he'll go back to a coordinator position. But I don't know why he wouldn't just walk away at this point. It's been failure after failure. And even your time as a coordinator was clearly, clearly helped by having Tom Brady in the locker room. We honestly can't say for sure that Josh McDaniels is even a good coach. So, um, unfortunately for him, his time as a head coach is done. And maybe even his time as a uh, coordinator. Now, what does this mean for the Raiders? In general, they are going to be using their linebacker coach, Antonio Pierce, former New York Giant, as their interim head coach. I just want to say I love this move. I am always a fan of interim head coaches that are moved up. 
from within the organization, especially positional coaches. Those guys are generally young and fired up and have the locker room presence that you want from a head coach, especially replacing a guy like Josh McDaniels, who clearly didn't really do much in the locker room in terms of pumping players up. And actually, I've got a quote here from his former teammate, OCU Minora. Uh, He says this about Antonio Pierce. I said he'd be a coach several years ago. He's a leader of men. It's natural to him. He's smart. He's instinctive. He's a guy you would follow anywhere. I don't know what the scores will be, but they will play their hearts out for him. I can guarantee that. And that's kind of what I'm hinting at. I think that this, of course, interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, is probably not going to be, you know, the head coach. But he's definitely going to be a guy that can fire up this Raiders organization to play their best every Sunday. And that is what you're looking for with an organization right now that's in the that's in a dumpster fire. So I think that this will be a good move. And I think that you guys are going to be surprised uh, with how good the Raiders will look the next few weeks. Now, they're going to be competitive for sure. For sure, they're going to be competitive. If you'll remember, uh, was it two years ago when the Raiders eked into the playoffs with their with the last interim head coach? They went on a win streak. They started playing so much better. And then for some reason, instead of hiring the interim head coach that led the team to the playoffs, they went out and got Josh McDaniels a terrible hire. And now, now the organization is set back another five years. Um, but this linebacker coach has been doing a good job already. Robert Spillane the middle linebacker they brought in to replace Denzel Perryman is having a career year. We're already seeing the defensive line play really well as well. So look for this Raiders team to be scrappy going forward. And great, great news. Jimmy Garoppolo is looking to be benched. This is something we discussed with Aiden O'Connell a few weeks back. Just that Aiden O'Connell is a fantastic stash because if things go south for the Raiders, they will turn to him to try to spark the team. Uh, try to just make something happen. Jimmy Garoppolo, clearly not the answer, not playing well at all, missing the wide receivers. So you just go with the young guy who has some athleticism, who was a star in preseason. Aiden O'Connell is looking to be the starting quarterback this week against the Giants. And I would assume pending health that he probably finishes out the year uh, just because he brings a lot more to the table than Jimmy Garoppolo does. And remember, I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. I do love myself some Jimmy G, but this is not the system for him. It's just not. Um, And so I'm excited to see what Aiden O'Connell can bring to the table. We have some sad news. Stetson Bennett uh, landed on the NFI list earlier this season. Uh, Not really clear why. It just came out that he was put on the NFI well, Channel 2 News from Atlanta, you know, George, local Georgia news, reported that Stetson Bennett is likely done for the season. And I hate to speculate, uh, but I this might be a career thing. Uh, what, what Sean McVay came out and said is that it's a lot more than football, um, and, and what he's battling. And from what we know about Stetson Bennett and from what I know about UGA and Athens in general and the culture that goes on there, Stetson Bennett is probably having a little bit of an alcohol issue. Um, and so I, we'll have to see how he develops that and battles that as just a, as a man before we can even speculate on when he'll be back for football. But it's looking like he's at least done for this season. Hopefully this can be a learning moment for him. And if it is alcoholism, he can, you know, get to rehab or something because it, he did have a young, you know, young, he's like 45 coming out of college, but definitely still a promising career. And I mean, he's got to look at this and seeing that Matthew Stafford injured, if he, you know, wasn't battling this issue within himself, he would have a chance to start 
right? He would be able to start for the next week or so while while Stafford recovers from his thumb injury. Uh, so it, it's a it's a tough break for the guy. I wish him the best. I hope he can recover, and um, you know, hopefully, we can learn a little bit more from what. But from what we know, you know, based on him partying and getting arrested in Dallas for public drunkenness, based on going to UGA, one of the biggest party schools in the country, based on him. Uh, showing up drunk to what was it was something at in while in college i mean i assume that that's what we're talking about here another update around a quarterback is kenny pickett kenny pickett has announced himself that he will be playing on thursday so look for kenny pickett to be playing the titans on thursday and on the other side coach mike Vrabel has already come out and announced will levis the starter Let's be honest, guys. Ryan Tannehill is not starting another game for the Tennessee Titans. It is going to be Will Levis going forward. Ryan Tannehill does not do enough for this team. The offense was brought back to life with Levis. It's going to be Levis rest of year. Mike Mike Vrabel should just come out and say it. But I do understand the pause, wanting to give Will Levis one more start. This will be a big test. I know the Steelers' defense has some holes in it, but going against T.J. Watt is probably the biggest test you'll ever have as an NFL quarterback. So that'll be fun to watch. We are treated to a good Thursday night game, even if it is two like subpar average-ish teams in the Steelers-Titans. I do think that'll be a very fun game to watch. So we'll have a preview for that tomorrow. Look for Kenny Pickett to play. Look for Will Levis to play. Next up, while we're talking about quarterbacks as well, let's talk about the Falcons quarterback dilemma. Um, and this is, I don't have any news or anything on this. The only thing I can say is that uh, listening to 92.9, that's the local sports radio station here, uh, and just seeing reports in general, Arthur Smith did come out and say that he will announce the starter today. He said, on Wednesday, I will announce the starter. You guys will know who the quarterback will be. I've got to speculate and give my own take here. It's going to be Desmond Ritter. Let's be honest here, ladies and gentlemen. I know Taylor Heineke came in for the half, but it's going to be Desmond Ritter at least one more week. I I tend I know no one else agrees with me, but I tend to believe that Arthur Smith is a good coach, and a good coach doesn't bench a young quarterback uh, after a an okay half. I know he's had the turnover issues, but that to me was the perfect example of a coach saying, "Look, Des, I know you think you've got this starter job, but I'm going to bench you right now for Taylor Heineke. You're going to sit here, you're going to watch him play, you're going to learn your lesson, and then next week we're going to give you one more shot." But if you don't play well again, we're going to Taylor. That's how I'm reading into the situation. So I 100% expect Desmond Ritter to be announced as the starter today one more week. Um, and that is the time that you should go trade for Taylor Heineke. <laughs> you should go pick up Taylor Heineke if he clears waivers. Uh, but for now, I do genuinely believe it'll be Ritter. But keep your eye out to see what Arthur Smith says. If he announces Taylor Heineke as the starter, while that's probably the right football move, that is not the right coach move. You do have to try to instill some confidence into your young players, especially a developmental quarterback prospect like Desmond Ritter, who was showing some promise despite some turnovers. So I, I'm excited to see what he says about that today. Uh, next up, another quarterback news. Danny Dimes is expected to return this week. Uh, I believe that was per him. So we'll see. Daniel Jones himself said he will play week nine, barring any setback. So keep your eye on this. Danny Dimes might be back with his neck injury. He didn't land on IR. So this uh, about lines up with the timetable. If it's not this week, it'll be next week. But uh, what might make me think it's not this week is that the Giants did sign quarterback Tommy DeVito to their active roster. 
And of course, I mean, you need a backup quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is injured, but it is possible that they're bringing up DeVito because they still don't feel as an organization that Danny Dimes is ready, uh, even if he says so himself. So just watch that develop over the week. I'll definitely report to you guys on Friday as we break down the injuries and talk about what to expect on Sunday. Uh, it is a Sunday. Is it Sunday Night Football? I, I don't think it is. It might be. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, but either way, we'll find out. We'll talk about it on Friday. Keep your eye on the Giants quarterback situation. Looking like Danny Dimes will be back, but it might be DeVito for one more week. And lastly, just to build up some hype on this show, I just knocked my Ethernet cable. Just to build up some hype on this show, Jameer Gibbs on Monday Night Football went a berserk essentially had a fantastic game career game what a breakout for jameer gibbs some fun facts first dan campbell called that performance on monday night just the tip of the iceberg so better things are to come for jameer gibbs don't count him out even when david montgomery returns as i've talked about a hundred thousand times on this show now even when the Jameer Gibbs hype was fading and the David Montgomery hype was building and becoming insurmountable, I was very reasonable. I went on the show multiple times, a bazillion, gazillion times, and tried to remind everyone that Dan Campbell was a big part of the Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram years. He was down there in New Orleans on that staff knows about it, likes it, loves the two running back committee. And it is so easy to draw parallels between Gibbs and Kamara and Montgomery and Ingram. That is what I feel this running back will, uh, duo will turn into. And both will be incredibly fantasy relevant. I'm excited. And as we talked about also, Jameer Gibbs, while he was off to a slow start, had the same amount of touches as Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara did in their rookie seasons where they truly broke out towards the end of the year and were electric. So Jameer Gibbs, Plenty left in the tank, plenty left on the table. Jameer Gibbs, hype, hype, hype. And the last fun fact for you guys about this is over the last two weeks, Jameer Gibbs is actually the NFL leader in scrimmage yards by a wide margin. Jameer Gibbs over the last two weeks has 315 yards. The next closest is A.J. Brown, who has 267, so nearly 50 more yards than the next guy. He is just playing unbelievable that Monday, like some of those running, those runs he had on Monday Night Football were just, it, it was so fun to watch. Like he genuinely looked like a true elite option at the running back position in this league. So Jameer Gibbs, just the beginning. And as Dan Campbell said, just the tip of the iceberg. Let's answer some questions here. I see you guys in the chat. Shout out you on Instagram. Johnny Lechner says, great way to start the morning. Great show. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you all for tuning in. And I appreciate the kind words on this Wednesday morning. Let's see if we have any questions up here. Good morning, everyone, on the YouTube chat. Teth asks, do you think I can start Will Levis over Gardner Minshew this week? I don't remember who the Colts are playing. I'm really sorry. Uh, I wish I knew that off the top of my head. I'm going to go with, I mean, probably yes. I would assume they have probably about the same amount of upside uh, and floor. The only thing I would be worried about is, of course, TJ Watt, how much damage he could do to Will Levis with that offensive line already looking suspect. Let's see. Um, you're right, Dobbs. No, yeah, no, Dobbs came from uh, Cleveland before Arizona, right? And then was in Tennessee before that. Let's see. Jimmy G back to the Patriots makes a lot of sense. That would be fun. That would be fun. 
Let's see. Considering my depth, would you give up Diggs, Ford, and Goddard to get Etienne, Hawkinson, and Devontae Smith? Yes. Yes. I'm not even going to look at your depth. Uh, I would rather have Hawkinson over Goddard. I would rather have Etienne over Ford by a wide, wide, wide margin. Uh, and I would rather have Diggs over Devontae Smith, but it isn't, you know, the the worst. Like, it, it isn't as big of a gap as the others. So I think that this is a fantastic trade for you, Dylan. Jake Bobo is legit. This is true. Um, let's see. Uh, no questions. No questions. Um, so. Thank you all for, oh wait, actually one here on Instagram. Any opinions on Jordan Love? You may drop it. I might, I may drop them for Minshew. Uh, if it's a redraft single quarterback league, I guess you could do that. I do have some hope for Jordan Love in Dynasty, but in redraft, it's not looking like he's going to get much right this season. If you have someone else to drop, I wouldn't mind holding on to Jordan Love. He still has some good weapons and some promise that I hope he can turn it around for a second half push. And as I think I made this joke a couple weeks ago, uh, Jordan Love can't play a first half of football, as we've seen. So now that we're eight weeks through, we are now to the second half of the season, the second half of the season now. If Jordan Love can't play first halves in games, but then comes out for the second half slinging it, look for him to dominate weeks nine through 18, right? <laughs> right. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Love here. Um, uh, if you have someone else to drop, I would. But if not, I think you could do that. It's fine. Would you rather have Jerome Ford or Kareem Hunt rest of season? Probably Ford. Ford is definitely a better running back than Hunt. Uh, would you start Levis over Stroud? No, I would go with Stroud. I, I would go with Stroud. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. This was yet another great episode of The Way Could Take. Again, love seeing you guys every morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram breaking down some more news and discussing Thursday night football. You all have a wonderful Wednesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.